Hello, and welcome to Dice Try, the RPG and storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub. Hello, everyone. This is Daniel Schaub from Dice Try. I just wanted to let you know that before we start this special episode, I have a guest with me. Today, I have my own mother, Mama Schaub. Hello, Mama. Hi, Daniel. How are you today? I'm actually pretty good. Excellent. Following all the rules and staying healthy. Perfect. That's what I love to hear. Are you doing anything special for the holidays this year? Well, your oldest brother and wife, his wife, and their two girls are coming over. Fantastic. So you texted me a little while back that you wanted to come on the uh, podcast here and make a little special cameo appearance. Um, what was on your mind? What what brought you in? When you did your special Thanksgiving episode and your guest was Sarah, mm-hmm. she um, said something about, does your mother listen to this? <laughs> and yeah. I want to say, yes. Thank you, Sarah. I do listen to this, so don't make bad jokes <laughs> about your mama. Oh, I won't. I was just trying to make people laugh. Oh, it wasn't you that said it. It was your brother, Peter. Ah, fair. So, uh, from what I hear, you listen to the podcast while you're at work all the time. Yes. I have to drown out the background noise somehow, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I hear that. So you listen to a lot of podcasts then, I take it? Quite a few. Probably six different ones. Uh, If if mine isn't your favorite, and I won't be heartbroken if it isn't, uh, which is your favorite? Small Town Dicks. I've never heard of that show. What is it? It's... um... The two detectives, they happen to be twin brothers. And Yardley, is it Yardley Smith? Yeah. Yardley Smith is the hostess. And then she's got these two brothers that are, were detectives on the police force, and they talk about different cases. They go to small towns and interview other detectives about small, small town cases. Oh, interesting. And it's. And I love Yardley because she asks all the questions that you wish you could ask. You know, what does that mean? What, what does that stand for? Since we're coming up on the end of the year, I suppose I should talk about my own podcast a little bit. What has been your favorite little, what's your favorite memory from this year in the podcast? I think my favorite thing is your friends there in California, Paul and Earl. Mm-hmm. Sounds so much like the friends you had here in Iowa that when they're talking, I can I picture you, Andy and and um, Scotty. Oh, that's actually a great segue because on today's special episode, I am having Andy and Scott along with Stephen as my special guests. Cool. Fantastic. Was there anything else you wanted to say to the lovely audience before I let you go? 
just say hi to Andy and Scotty for me. Oh, I will. Bye, Mom. Merry Christmas. I love Merry Christmas. I love you. Hello, and welcome to another special episode of Dice Try. I am your host and GM, Daniel Schaub. And here I am today with some special guests. They are members of the role-playing game group that I had way back in high school. First of all, we have Andy. Hello. And we have Scott. Hello. We're here to show why he left this place. And Steven. Hey. Uh, how are you guys all doing tonight? Doing anything special for the holidays? This episode's coming out on Christmas Eve. Uh, the only person I'm going to get to physically see is my mother, I believe, because I'm pretty sure she would have a breakdown uh, if, if I didn't show up. Fair. I, think, I was going to say, I think our mom's probably the same way. We haven't figured out what we're doing exactly yet. Yeah. We should probably also mention that you say when we're mother, Stephen, that you and Andy are brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, now that's just out in the world. <laughs> Aren't we all kind of brothers? Come on. I got the Christmas Pretty card much. from your mom. So, on today's episode, we're going to be playing a game that we played a little while back, a one-page RPG I created called Broad Street. And here is the basic premise of Broad Street. In Broad Street, the players are going to take on the roles of professional hockey players who are caught up in world-changing scenarios. They have to fight monsters or bad guys in order to prevent catastrophe. In order to play the game, whenever a character is called upon to do something that is related to hockey, such as skating or fighting or something like that, they roll a d12 and I roll a d8. If they get over what I roll, then they succeed. If they get lower than what I roll, they fail. If it's a thing not related to hockey, such as crocheting or pie baking, they'll roll a d4, but I still roll a d8. They must still get a higher result than what I rolled in order to succeed. Does that make sense to you guys? It does. Okay. Yeah, but we're very, like, non-dimensional characters then. I mean, we're just all about hockey, huh? Yes. <laughs> And there is no health system. There's no magic system or anything like that. Uh, just whatever feels right in the moment, feels funniest. Let's do it. Uh, so to start, we're going to get names for all of your characters and the position that you play in hockey. Or, or, oh if, or if you think of something funnier, such as like what song plays when you score a goal. And since Steven spoke up first, Steven, what is the name of your character? Noah Johnson. And what song plays when Noah Johnson scores a goal? I'm going to go with the Macarena. He probably tries to do the dance, too. Scott, what is the name of your hockey player? I am going to be Hazel Howell. Hazel Howell. I love it. And what song plays when Hazel scores a goal? 
I'm thinking pretty much anything Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. Fair enough. Uh, not that I can identify any song that was actually played by Ted Nugent. That's all right. Uh, I don't want to get a copyright strike. So <laughs> and then Andy, what is the name of your hockey player? Louis Patoni. Patoni? Yeah. And what song plays when Louis Patoni scores a goal? Crazy Train. Okay, I'm going to go off on a random rant here. The opening chords to Crazy Train are so great, and then the rest of the song blows. <laughs> that's like, fair. You, that's, everybody that's knows true. the intro. And then they're like, "What? how does the rest of the song go? Oh, it's not that metal, actually. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm going off the rails over and over again. So... Congratulations, everyone. You have created your Broad Street characters. We have Steven playing Noah Johnson, who, when he scores a goal, they play the Macarena. We have Scott playing Hazel Howell, who, whenever he scores a goal, they play a Ted Nugent song. And then we have Andy playing Louis Petoni, and they play Crazy Train when he scores a goal. So let's get into it. We are going to travel into an alternate universe here. We're going to leave behind our homes that we're sitting in. We're traveling into a world where COVID-19 is no longer a concern and we can travel the world and see and do things that we like. And you three are professional hockey players who are part of a European tour. Uh, Your team is basically doing recruiting overseas in Europe, in a lot of the Scandinavian countries. And specifically, you're in Finland right now, very far north in Finland, close to Lapland, which is just this flat plain of snow, kind of a desert of snow. No trees grow there or anything. And you're traveling in a rented car that they have provided for you. And you're being driven back to your hotel after a particularly not great game against a local team. And uh, everybody's like pointing the fingers about what went wrong. Noah Johnson, a.k.a. Steven, what went wrong in that game? Why did you guys lose? Bad control of the puck. And was there a particular player who wasn't keeping good control of the puck? Probably myself. So you're in the back of this rented limo with your head in your hands, like commiserating about your poor puck control on the ice tonight. Hazel Howell, a.k.a. Scott, are you thinking the same thing? Is this Noah Johnson's fault, or are you thinking there's another reason why? Oh, it it is quite simple what is going on here. The government has placed a bug inside the hockey puck to control where it goes. This game was rigged, and it all because Big Brother decided that that you know Finland needed to win. And then Louis Petoni slash Andy, you're sitting in the back of your rented limo, and on one side you have Noah Johnson, head in his hands, uh, complaining about bad puck control on his part. And on the other side, you've got Hazel Howell, who is talking about how the government has 
rigged pucks because Finland needs to win one. What is the thought in your head? Well, see, the thought in my head is that how could poor Noah ever control the puck when it's clearly got a bug in it? But it wasn't just the bugs. The refs were in on it, too. I'm pretty sure even the fans were in on this. This conspiracy runs really, really deep, and we need to get to the bottom of Finland and their hockey system, whatever it takes. And as you're all like thinking so hard about this game and how the government and the people of Finland have been doing you dirty this entire time that you've been on this tour, the driver who, uh, I don't know what a Finnish accent sounds like, so he's going to speak with an American accent. He uh, looks over his uh, shoulder into the back and he says, Oh, by the way, uh, happy Christmas to y'all. It's uh, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you too, sir. Even though it is a government-controlled conspiracy to, to rid of us of money. Oh, come on now. I like Christmas. Who doesn't like Christmas? You don't like getting stuff? It's yeah, the stuff that the problem the holiday needs to remain as it should be. We don't need all these gifts. About the gift. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I've got you got me doing a southern accent. Uh, it ain't about the gift given. It's about being friendly with people. You know. That's how we are in Canada. Well, I don't remember the Lord our Savior giving any gifts, so. The driver looks out back over his shoulder again, and he's like, Oh, aren't we lucky? We got a shooting star right here on Christmas Eve. Y'all can look out the window and see it. And as you look out over this flat plain of snow, you do see what looks like a shooting star descending out of the night sky. Let's start with Louis this time. Louis, what is your Christmas wish? I wish that we could redo that game and have it be done fairly. Only goals that were scored legally and without ref interference should be counted. And Hazel, what are you wishing for this Christmas season? Oh, I wish, I wish, I hope that Billy back home ain't right and this isn't aliens. And Noah, what are you wishing for? Noah's wishing that everyone in that game came out happy and successful and that they could all be good friends despite his failure. And as Noah's having the most Canadian Christmas wish possible, um, <laughs> Hazel, you become increasingly concerned because that shooting star isn't just going across the horizon. It starts to come down directly towards you, dipping further and further out of the sky, the fireball becoming larger and larger, actually illuminating the um, dark landscape in front of you until a certain point where far off the road, the object, whatever it is, falling out of the sky actually plumes into the snow and plows through it, sending up this tidal wave of snow and rock that is thrown high up into the air. And a big rock actually comes down and smashes through the hood of the engine on your rented limousine. And your driver has to quickly spin the wheel to uh, regain control, but as you guys are all being thrown around in the back seat, can I have you all roll 
D12s for me to protect yourselves if we're being violently thrown about in this car. I got a nine. I got a two. Seven. So, Hazel and Louie quickly protect themselves. And unfortunately, Noah, who rolled a seven or a two, excuse me, he actually bounces around and he actually bounces into the one of the doors, which pops open. The childproof locks weren't on and he flies out into the snow and bounces across the snow as this, like, uh, you know, in the beginning of the Superman movie from the 70s, there's just that line of a crater in the distance as this thing had plowed through the snow. And it's actually stopped pretty close up to the road. And you're shaking for a little bit, Noah, but you're okay. And then the limousine finally comes to a stop in a snowbank. The driver turns back to you and he's like, well, I guess I got to call AAA. Uh, you, you, you fellas just hang. Wait, wasn't there three of you back here? Why, yes, there were. But are you okay, dear sir? Oh, I'm perfectly fine. It's you. All right, You're the all right. commodities I got to worry about. Your hockey stars. Well, we're so sorry for this inconvenience. I mean, just shooting stars falling on your limo. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that this happened. Uh, Hazel will tear out of the car going, oh, crap. Where? Noah? You're Noah, right? Noah. Steven? Yeah. We got to find them before they do. And I would like to start searching for Noah, or I, I suppose. I, I, I don't know I, how obvious. Am I he, conscious? Or? He is conscious. Uh, he is also um, pretty visible to you. You can, like, walk over and help him up. So as you funny to have the legs up in the air and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and as you come around uh, the bank of snow that has been piled up by this meteor or whatever that crashed into the ground, you realize you start to see machine parts sticking out of the back. Uh, like chrome and steel and vibrant red painted materials. And a person starts to climb out of this object that you're looking at, this craft or whatever it is, and they're very short and they have pointy ears. And at first it looks like they have green skin, Hazel. Does somebody have a phone? I need to call Billy. I need to tell him I owe him 50 bucks and anything he can, he can tell me about this to help us. As this uh, creature turns around to you, you realize that the what you thought was green skin is actually like green tights that they're wearing on their legs. And they're wearing very pointy shoes. And they have a tall pointed hat and a little tunic on. And one of their arms is wrapped up like in a sling. But the sling is made out of Christmas wrapping paper. And you realize that this looks like a Christmas elf is standing in front of you. They just crawled out of Santa's sleigh, maybe? Oh, gee, Biz. Is everyone all right? You're the, you're the only one that got hurt there, but hey, hey, you. Uh, over there, you. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm in a very terrible rush. You, I, do, I need to get to uh, a police station or something like that, because there's been a, something very terrible going on. Sure, we shouldn't take you to a hospital. You look like you could you're injured. Oh no no. I I I I just need some candy and then I'll be feeling alright, but um 
my boss, he's been he's been taken captive and he's gonna be hurt if we don't help him out real soon. You seem awful quick to wanna go to the authorities. What are you hiding? I'm not hide I'm not hiding anything. What what's wrong with the authorities? Oh um, they work for the government. Well, the government's just there to protect us. I don't, I don't know much about that. Where I come from, we don't really have much of a government. Oh, you can't trust them. You don't want to go there. Trust me on this. Now, you look like, uh, you know, with the, with the pointy shoes. They're they're a little bit colorful, but they can pass for cowboy boots. And and your hat's a little funky, but uh, I'm gonna. You, you, you could be just a weird cowboy of a holiday thing. Uh, sure. I, I'm, I'm a Christmas elf. I, I oh, came gee whiz. You work for Santa? That, that's right, friend. I work for Santa. You must have been coming from a local mall shopping center then. N- no, I came from the North Pole. Oh. Hmm. This North Pole of yours, does it reside on a globe or a flat Earth? Uh, I, I, I could show you. Um, I, I don't really understand. Uh, but That's the right answer. Nobody understands this crap. He seems okay to me. He doesn't understand. That's... You can't understand, so. But uh, listen, I, I I didn't catch your names, but my name is Seamus, and I'm a Christmas elf, and I need somebody who's tough and she good is. at fighting. I'm sorry. My name's Noah Johnson. No, oh, it's it's nice to meet you, Noah Johnson. Shake his hand. <laughs> his very tiny hand in your giant hockey player mitt. Yeah, nice to meet you. Uh, yes, it's very pleasant to meet you too. I I do it like I did say. I'm in a bit of a rush. I'm looking for, well, if I can't trust the government, then I need to find somebody who's like good at fighting, who's good like on the ice, who's good around a lot of cold. Oh, we're good about skating. We're hockey players. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing luck. Sure is. Uh, Hazel's going to be kind of skirting around and trying to kind of sneak his way into the crater and, and nose around there. And then I have definitely apologized at least like 50 times for this guy's trouble for the limousine. And I've now decided to emerge from the limousine after after just, you know, so sorry about the limousine. So, so sorry about all your trouble. Yeah, he's, uh, he's trying to get in contact with a Finlandish version of triple a but you're not getting great cell reception out here on the corner of lapland okay you come around and you see noah speaking to a christmas elf a person who's probably at most four feet tall with pointy ears wearing pointy shoes green tights and the whole kit and caboodle as uh hazel is like doing his best like 80 uh 60s villain cartoon kind of trounce around to the back of the crater probably singing his own theme music what does that theme music sound like scott uh it is going to be the mission impossible theme song of course 
That's probably perfect to not get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> it has to be more than 20 seconds now. Come on. Hey, where'd you guys find this kid? He fell out of that metal contraption there. Says he needs some help. Excuse me, friend. Uh, Santa's been captured and I need someone to uh, to help me save him. Well, just like- I'm pretty sure I was on the naughty list at least one year. So what, what's in it for uh, me? Uh, I, I don't know, but I'm sure if you save Santa, he would put you on the nice list for the rest oh. of your life. Good enough. And uh, Hazel, as you're sneaking around, you find what looks like it looked like uh, like a spacecraft at first, half buried in the snow, but you can actually see that this vehicle does have runners on it, and it has a big jet engine on the bottom. It appears to be, you know, a space-age version of Santa's sleigh that you're so used to seeing in, like, a Winter Wonderland diorama or whatever. So it doesn't have reindeer. All right. There is also a control panel and some pedals down for like to control but you do notice that it's made for like a normal human sized person which Seamus the elf is definitely not which is maybe why he crashed uh I mean I I will certainly be poking every button I can okay can you roll a d4 for me absolutely two I rolled a one so you (laughs) You do not burn the Christmas elf as you turn on the jet engine, but it definitely warms up. And you're like, oh, if I press that next button, button it starts ignition. Hey, Tiny, where's the weapon systems on this thing? Uh, weapon systems? Uh, it's not designed for that. I mean, we do have any, like, pats a tube on the side of it, and he's like, this is to help us fire presents down the chimney. Well, it'll have to do. So you're saying that you're saying that you'll help me? Oh, well, we have to. The big picture. And Seamus like does a little yippee jump up and like kick his feet together, but but then you see like grabs his arm in pain and he's like, ooh, oh, I shouldn't have done that. So and Seamus begins walking you through how to fly, which you've already sort of figured out. He points out which buttons you need to put in order, any the elf positioning system. <laughs> it's like built into the comic like barbershop pole for the North Pole lights up, guiding you back towards the North Pole. So, you know, it's a little bit nippy out here. Um in the movies these things always have a hot chocolate maker. Uh do, do you have a little gizmo like that? Oh of course. And he like pops a little uh uh contraption and it starts making you hot chocolate or espresso just about any drink that you can think of right now that would warm you up maybe even some that are alcoholic yes so you pull backwards out of the crater and the snowbank in front of you crumples basically back into itself and then the sleigh does a little turn around it does a run up and then it takes off like a fighter plane the wind whipping past you and snow drifting past your hair. And you hear the uh, limo driver far in the distance. Are you going to be at practice later on? 
Poor guy, he's probably going to get in trouble for this. Well, I mean, could could we uh, call him some uh, reindeer to tow him or something there? Uh, once we get uh, Santa's workshop back under control, we should be able to do that, yes. I'm sure we can just explain the situation. They'll understand. This is for Santa. So you start flying through the air, through the darkness, back towards the North Pole, and eventually the horizon begins to be lit up by the northern lights. You know, those iridescent greens and purples on the horizon. You realize that you have left any known map far behind as you draw closer and closer to that North Pole on the console in front of you on the EPS. And you start to pull downwards, and this frozen tundra that you had been seeing is now being populated by large trees, Christmas trees in big forests and swaths and there's even though it's a frozen wasteland or what you seem to be there are like running rivers where there are polar bears like playing around in the water and stuff like that and you come up over the crest of a mountain and as you look down into the valley at the bottom of the mountain you can see a small little alpine village with a very large-looking factory kind of building that you now understand to be Santa's workshop. Oh, man. Man, got quite the setup here. Yeah, it's uh, far away from the prying eyes of government. And Seamus, like, elbows you in the rib. I love it. Now, uh, which one of these buildings is Santa in then, eh? And what, what all happened here? Who took yeah. Santa? Well, we need to go into stealth mode, and he like pushes some buttons on the uh, sleigh, and the vibrant red color that the sleigh is painted turns black. And that seems to be about it for stealth mode. It still like has the jet engine roaring and all that. <laughs> it, it, I, I I don't understand. It was just like ugh, we were building these these new toys uh, for the for the holidays to give away to all the good boys and girls. And hockey players, and hockey players, and then the toys—they just started taking over the factory, and they locked up most of the elves in the factory, and then they went up to the house where Mister and Missus Claus live, and he like points halfway up the mountain on the other side of the valley, and halfway up, following a like a perfectly winding trail up the mountain, going around. Christmas trees and whatnot that are so beautifully decorated leads up to this little cottage halfway up the mountain, which is almost too picturesque in the distance. But considering you've stumbled upon Santa's village, it can't be that unbelievable, right? Take a sip of my nice hot cocoa and just enjoy the view. As you are all flying around over the roar of the jet engine as you're heading down towards the factory, you can start to hear a buzz, like a zzz sound. It sounds like those like old school biplane toys, like a RC biplane or something. But then out of the darkness comes these biplanes, which are about the size of a um, kid's tricycle or something. So it's larger than an RC, but still not full size. And they start swooping down out of the moonlight towards you, painted with red baron colors. And you hear a little 
and these little darts like poking to the sleigh around you. And you are now in a dogfight with some biplane toys. Guys, what are you going to do? Oh, golly. Uh, oh. Seamus there. What, what, what do we have that we can throw or, or hit at these guys? Well, do you have any hockey sticks? Yeah, you have your hockey stuff. Uh, he, that, that fella, the big one who's always talking about the government, he, um, he was asking about the uh, present firing tube. It doesn't have any presents in it, but maybe you could fire, find something to fire out of it. I've oh, got yeah. some of those hockey pucks with bugs in them. Let's shoot those. Perfect. So as Hazel is at the controls, um, who's climbing up to load the uh, the weapon? I'll climb up to load. Okay, so you actually have to climb up out of your seat because the uh, tube along the side is kind of like a pneumatic tube. The old school ones they had at the bank, you know, like... Mm-hmm. And normally there's a nozzle at the top that Santa's bag like hooks into so the presents can just be sucked out of that and fired. So you have to get up there and load some pucks in to then activate the pneumatic tube. Um, But you could, since you're standing out of your seat, like dipping and dodging these biplanes, you could very well fall out of this this sleigh. I need you to roll... This is a balance thing, and you balance on skates all the time. Let's have you roll a d12. A one. (laughs) Wow, that was really close, because I rolled a two. Um, So, Louis steps up to get onto the back of the sleigh and load up the pucks. And as he does, his foot... Uh, steps up onto the rail on the side of the sleigh and it's a lot slicker because it's made of like this highly polished chrome and your foot actually slips and you're not falling all the way down but you slip and go past the tube and your hands grab onto the runner below the sleigh and you're now dangling beside the jet engine as you're dipping and diving between all of these combatants Um, Hazel I need you to roll I will allow you to roll two D4s and take the higher of the two because Seamus has been teaching you how to fly, but it's not a hockey skill. Alrighty. Three and a one, so three. So you are having some trouble, and as you come around uh, to try and dodge, you actually turn broadside into one of these biplanes that's flying towards you and a bunch of those darts that are being fired out, they actually pierce into the jet engine, and now these plumes of flame are shooting out of the engine, almost singeing uh, poor Louie right on the face. Oh, guys, I'm so sorry. I've fallen over. Uh, Noah, what are you going to do? You're in a not-so-great situation here. Don't worry, Louie. I'll get you. I'm going to grab a stick and try to like shove it out and grab him and like hoist him in with it like hook him with like the the edge of the stick and like hoist him in oh so you're hooking which is a yeah thing that's a is it <laughs> a 10 perfect so you reach out and with the hooked end of the stick you stick it into the collar so it actually catches like behind his shoulder blade on the shirt and coat and you yank him back up into the I got you, Louis. Just like I'm a wee kitten. 
But you're still in trouble because there are these three biplane toys flying around you. What's the next part of the plan, guys? How well is the plane flying? Are, are we going to need to be thinking of a crash landing here? If you get fired upon again and get hit, you will probably crash, yeah. Okay. Are, are any of them coming close enough I can swing it out with the stick? Sure. Why not? That sounds fun. Why don't you roll a d12 for me? Uh, 10 again. Perfect. So as a biplane comes along and it's trying to get into position, uh, Hazel turns the sleigh right at just the time, the right time. And Noah leans out right at the right time and the hooked end of the hockey stick slices the biplane in half. And it... (laughs) Sorry about that! And you see a tiny little explosion like in the uh, snow far below you. I hope they have some wee parachutes. Oh boy, good job there! Just trying to help out. Hazel, can you make another flying check for me? We're doing uh, 2d4s again? Yeah. Three and three. So three. Oh, perfect. Because I rolled a two. So uh, you are very lucky. One of these biplanes dips very fast out of the moonlight. Classic Red Baron style coming out of the sun to uh, get you right across the top. But you dive quickly to get out of the way. And his darts that he's firing miss you completely. Ah, he can't get me. I've seen the movies. I know what you're up to. <laughs> All right, Louie, what are you going to do? Well, we've got to get this uh, present present launcher loaded. So I'm going to attempt to climb back up and load that. Okay, can you roll a d12 for me? A 12. Perfect. So almost like you weren't embarrassing yourself before, you balance yourself back up there. You open up your practice bag and you dump some of the hockey pucks in. They clatter inside and you close the nozzle on the top to seal it. And, She's loaded! And Chavis says, ready to fire, Captain. I like the sound of that, Captain. Alright, I will line up the shot and fire at one of these biplanes. Okay. So, hmm, what do I want you guys to roll? Is there any way that you could argue that this is hockey related aside from that it's I mean they're they're hockey pucks and the goal is the biplane. Okay. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you uh roll a D twelve for me there, Scott? Yes, sir. Eleven. Nice. So you Maneuver into position, you line up the shot, and on the joystick, you press the little red button at the top, and you hear, thunk, and this hockey puck spins towards it like it's in a slap shot, and it smashes right into the propeller of the biplane, stopping it dead in the midair as it then flips on its uh, top side and careens and crooms out of control, smashing into a Christmas tree and lighting it on fire. (laughs) 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 i told the coach you should have made me mvp all right you have one of these biplanes left what are you gonna do oh i was gonna say let's get both of your sticks up and i'll do a flyby so you know 
twice the odds of hitting it. Like, like you know, Noah we'll did. Just check it into a corner. Right. We'll, we'll box him in. Or Smash high stick him. Yeah. That, that's more like it. Yeah, high stick Okay. So can each of you roll uh, both Andy and Steven roll a d12 for me? Five. Six. Okay. So Hazel dips the, the slate downwards. Uh, he's actually starting by playing chicken with one of the biplanes. You're coming right at each other. And even though, you know, one of them is very much larger than the other, the biplane is just firing these darts into the front of the sleigh, and you can actually see some of the readings on the console going haywire as sparks are flying out, classic Star Trek style, as as things are starting to fall apart. And then at the very last second, Hazel dips the sleigh underneath of the biplane, and the high the sticks come up high to high stick the biplane, and it chops off both wings at the same time on the left and the right. So the plane just turns into a missile that flies outward and smashes into the mountain behind you, starting a little mini avalanche, but not a huge one. (laughs) Oi, high five! So what sort of shape is the the craft in now? You are definitely going to have to land. You probably won't even make it to Santa's workshop. All right. Well, great job, boys. But uh, good news, bad news. Um, we're gonna die. <laughs> and oh, he, we're not gonna die. And when Louis says we're not gonna die, a panel on the jet engine just like blows off, and a gout of flame is spearing out the side of the jet engine. Sorry, maybe we are gonna die. Hazel try his best for a, a soft crash landing. Okay. Can you Maybe go ahead and roll for a soft snowbank? Can you roll a two D force for me? That will be a Ford. Okay. So you are actually going to bring yourself into a pretty soft landing, but you're gonna have to bail out really quickly because it's it's this baby's gonna blow. Tumble over the side. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say all right. We're coming in. Wants her down. Get out and get away. Kondo. And one of those uh, and, and needles showing the engine temp is just like off the charts as more and more flame and sparks are coming out of it. And the uh, sleigh comes down for a fairly soft landing because I rolled so crap. Um, <laughs> but immediately another side of the jet engine blows off and you all like are running in slow motion. Maybe v, one of you actually even picks up Seamus under your arm as you're running because his little legs can't keep up. And the sleigh explodes behind you, action movie style, as you're thrown f- from your feet and flying through the air, but landing softly into the snowbanks amidst the Christmas trees that are also brightly lit. How many toys do they have? I, 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 Everything you made? I don't know. If if they're making even more of them, who knows? Um, but what should we do? Do we need to freeze Santa? Yeah. Or do we need to stop him from making more toys first? Well, I don't know who designed the toys. Uh, they must be like radio controlled or something. We They were just passed down from the hires up about 
you know, these are the new toys that we're going to make, but I don't think they came from the big man himself if they're, but somebody's controlling them, presumably. Well, they ain't very nice, that's for sure. No, they definitely belong in the naughty list, that's for sure. <laughs> so all you're right. saying if we free Santa, he should be able to shut all this down. I, I, I think so. All right, so how far yeah. away from the workshop are we now? So you're actually pretty close to the workshop. You would just need to sneak a little bit. If you want to get up to Santa's cottage, that's a longer walk where you might have to sneak around or and or fight more toys. I'm going to ask the elf if there's uh, any other, is, is it like a corporate offices section or something like that? There are, there are some offices. Um, they're connected to the factory. That's where the designers work, designing all the new toys that I'm, I want to be a designer one day, but I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. Oh, you'll make it there if, if I have to take you there today. Oh, that's great, I think. Do you think they could? Uh, that could be the location of the, the radio controlling all these smart toys? Uh, maybe. At least we could find the designs and figure out how they are controlling them and what they're designed for and all that. That sounds like a great plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe before we go after the, the big man, we got a, a lower profile if we don't have the head honcho next to us. That, that makes sense. But we better hurry. Yeah, we gotta save Santa. Okay. So you make your way over to the factory, and as you're sneaking through Santa's village among these cute little houses that are decorated with candy canes and all these wonderful, whimsical things associated with Christmas. Um, you see that there are more of these toys around. There's uh, little robots with like cameras on top of them, kind of wheeling around and looking around. There are like those big bouncy balls that kids ride around, just bouncing around the town by themselves, kind of patrolling. And as you approach the factory, there's the big front door that presumably everybody goes in uh and standing outside of that big front door there are two giant nutcrackers each about nine feet tall including the big hat um but they are painted like gunmetal gray and black <laughs> instead of the vibrant red <laughs> that you are used to so uh, they, they have great okay. taste <laughs> i'll give them that it's uh, I, I think they call it punk rock. Is that right? They don't look rock. very cheery. No, they are definitely not cheery. But trust me, they are nutcrackers, though. <laughs> uh, is there another entrance that we could sneak that we could use, or is the front door the only one? Yeah, follow me this way. And he like leads you around the corner of the factory, and as you come to the back of the factory, there's a little set of steps that go up to a doorway on the second floor of the factory. And outside is this little patio, and you see what looks like cigarette butts lying around on the patio. And Seamus, like, picks one up, and he, like, stares at you guys, and he's like, don't worry, they're candy cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) So he guides you up to the door on the second floor, and he jiggles the handle, and he's like, oh no, it's locked. Well, maybe we can just 
Jimmy at her. Break it in. Uh, okay, I, I don't think I'm strong enough. Uh, that's why I needed... No, not you. Stand back. Okay. What are you going to do, Louie? I'm, I'm going to check the door really hard. Okay. Go ahead and roll a d12 for me. Five. You slam into the door and it gives a little bit, but you also your shoulder hurts really bad. <laughs> Hold on. Just give me one minute, and we'll go again. Yo, yo, hey there, big man. I'm picturing uh, to Crazy Train in my head. I am mentally preparing myself. <laughs> and I'm going to slam into the door again. Okay. Go ahead and roll me another D12. Eight. Eight? We have tied both times. You smash into the door. And you bust it open, but now you're pretty sure that your shoulder is dislocated. Uh, Y'all right there? Yeah, I just gotta work something out here. Uh, <laughs> uh, pal, your your arm's doing the floppy flop. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Uh, as I'm like massaging my neck and shoulder, like doing giant breaths. Uh... From all the noises of smashing the door and Louis dislocating his shoulder and crying out in pain, you start to hear large metallic footsteps coming towards the corner of the building that this door is on. And you hear metal smashing together as if metal teeth are like a nutcracker are clanging together. Clang. Clang, clang. Oh, we better get inside. Yep, just that one more second here. And because I'm a hockey player, and, and you know what? This happens to hockey players. They dislocate their shoulders, and you just gotta, you gotta breathe with it and just pop that sucker right back into place. Okay. Um, I'm just going to uh, check that shoulder one more time. All right, can you roll a d12 for me? Seven. Okay. So you check yourself into the door frame, and you all hear over the sounds of those clanging metal feet a horrible crunching sound as his shoulder is popped back into place. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, that's that's so much better. Mm. And Seamus is like, well, it's be painful. <laughs> he's like, we gotta get inside. How about a high five, bud? No, no. I high five with my other hand. <laughs> All right. Wait, I'm going to, you know, yeah. shuffle inside. Slip okay. inside. Yep. You all slip inside and close the door. And as the door handle closes through a little window at the top of the door, you see one of those big nutcrackers come around the corner. And uh, it speaks in a metallic robotic voice. Put down your holiday cheer. <laughs> no happiness to be had. Scanning. And as it scans, its eyes light up red and it's scanning and it, then the light turns off and it's like, no merriment detected. And it marches back to where it came from. You now find yourself in the... um 
offices of the factory. It's a very large room with a bunch of drafting tables with big sheets of paper that are very weathered and yellow with like the burnt edges. And they've been drawing with like charcoal, different designs for toys. You see like a PS5 and an Xbox Series X and all that. Uh, Tickle Me Elmo, Jenga Tower. (laughs) Tickle Me Elmo. They've drawn out all these designs. um, And on the far side of the room, stacked up, there's a bunch of little cube shelves that they've rolled up said designs and stuffed them into. And that's immediately where Seamus goes to look through the designs and kind of see. And then uh, across from the door is uh, the factory window. So you can look down onto onto the factory floor. I'm going to peek out the window. And uh, I mean, carefully. So you crawl, you maneuver your way over and you peek down and you look down onto the factory floor. And it's a weird mix of like old school with like old school woodworking benches and stuff like that. But they also have a line of like 3D printers and machines at the back of the room. And uh, it's a very large room. They also do the present wrapping and everything down here. Uh, but in the middle of the room, there's a group of 30 to 40 elves who are all like seated with their like arms full uh, crossed across their knees kind of protecting themselves and uh, kind of holding them at gunpoint is six toy soldiers who are all about five feet tall. They look like they're made out of plastic and all their features are very soft, like they're almost unfinished, like the toys aren't completely done. Then you hear the factory whirring a little bit and way back at the far end of the room, you can see there are a couple of elves, some of them being held at gunpoint at one of the machines. And he, uh, they're like pulling levers and the machine like spits and whirs and a little bit of smoke comes out. And then on a conveyor belt rolls out one of these new toy soldiers, this half completed toy soldier with like a classic flintlock rifle in its hands. Uh, Hazel's going to start searching around the offices at the different cubes looking for, you know, something suspicious, you know, a, a sticky note that says kill Santa or something like that. Okay. Can you roll a, a search? A D4. One. <laughs> okay. I also got a one. So you get a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. So you are rooting around in a drawer and you find a desk that looks like it might belong to the boss or something. And you pull open the drawers and you have your left hand in one drawer and your right hand in the other drawer. And in your right hand, you feel a journal, which gets you very excited. And in your left hand, something snaps down on your arm and you pull it back out and there's a giant pack uh, uh, those chattering teeth, you know, that you like wind up and chatter. There's a giant version of those the size of a bear trap clamped down on your wrist. <laughs> little, little help, guys. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Let me just yeah. uh, take a hand there. Let me just help. I'll just uh, punch this guy's teeth in here real quick. 
Okay, can you roll a d12 for me? Nine. Nine? So, you aren't really sure what to do, because in classic hockey, you, like, grab with your left hand, and you punch, you grab their shoulder with your left hand and punch with your right. You're not really sure what to grab, so you grab onto Hazel's elbow and then just start punching these teeth until they start to <laughs> fly off like chiclets around the room. And the chattering teeth fall to the floor and the what's left of the gums, quote-unquote, clatter against each other for a couple of seconds, and then it just stops with its mouth open. I he had quite the mouthful. Good job. Thank you. So sorry about your hand, though. Is it okay? Oh, uh, as long as I got the journal, it'll be fine. It was worth journal. it. Yeah. This this uh, desk here looked like it belongs to the boss, and I'm thinking maybe he had something to do. Uh, so now there's a journal here that I will read. Okay. So you open the journal, and you start reading, and it's this journal of an entire lifetime of, of an elf talking about how many Christmases he's worked for Santa, and when he started, he was just so happy to be working on the factory line as a present wrapper, but his dreams were to move up within the hierarchy of the organization and you know, work on the woodworking and design and everything, and he's worked every job in the factory during all of his years serving as one of Santa's elves. And he actually worked his way up into becoming the head of the factory, eventually overseeing design and everything. But you get the sense that there's a little bit of resentment towards Santa because the elves, they spend all year, they surrender every Christmas to making toys for children. And Santa's the one who gets all the credit for it. That doesn't seem fair, does it? He's putting all this hard work into creating these beautiful, unique designs that nobody else is capable of. And making it for all the people of the world doesn't seem fair. Maybe the rightful thing to do is that Santa shouldn't be the one in charge of everything. It should be a man like himself, a man who's done everything for Christmas. Well, there's our perp. I mean, I can kind of see his point, though. Nobody ever thinks of the elves. Santa gets all the milk and cookies, and... and that is true. Thank you. Do the elves ever get a thank you? Does Santa thank the elves? Seamus, does Santa ever thank you? Uh, yeah, Santa... What, what's wrong? He's, like, digging through all the... He hasn't really been listening slash looking over your shoulders. He's digging through all the designs. He has like some tucked under his arm. What? Why? Why do you ask? I mean, Santa's nice. Oh, so he does say thank you. He thanks you for all your hard work. Yeah. So your boss is just a nutter. Rufus? I mean, he's he's passionate about his work. Uh, I don't think passionate's the right word at this point. Uh, do you know of Rufus having any um, uh, experimental projects that he, he may have had people working on? Well, I mean, all the designs go through him, so uh, here, and he, like, uh, he clears one off one of the drafting tables and he starts unrolling the designs that he's found. 
and he rolls out like the design of the biplane that you guys were in a dog fight with and he rolls out a design for the um the nutcracker or the toy soldiers that you saw down on the factory floor and whatnot he's like you see um these toys aren't really useful to most people who would want a nine foot tall gunmetal gray nutcracker well, I wouldn't say nobody has used to that. But, I, I mean, yeah, I guess you, to that point, um, yeah, he could have experimental projects, and we'd probably never know about it. We just thought it was, like, the new hot toy of the year. So if you're going to have a top-secret research and development team go to work on something like this, where would you put them there? Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. But if, if, I, if you look at all the designs here, they do, are all radio controlled. So it is one person, I think, controlling all of them. I think what you're saying is that Rufus tricked us all into creating these toys because we took him at his word because we're trusting elves who believe everybody is good. And he's not? Do you recognize this? I'll hold up the journal just to get a reaction if there is any out of him. And he flips through the pages and he starts like, you know, he's reading the first few pages where Rufus is talking about how excited he is to be working for Santa and everything. And he's got like a big smile on his face and he keeps turning the pages and his face just turns to sad, to dour, to angry, to shocked. To upset he's going through like all the emotions in the course of these pages he is <laughs> definitely surprised and he gets to the point where he's talking about like where rufus was talking about you know an elf like rufus should be the one in charge of christmas and everything and he just like drops the book and he's like that's 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 impossible overthrowing santa he, he's a He's a mad elf. He's crazy. Well, it's clearly not impossible. And as the journal is sitting on the on the uh, floor, the there's a little bit of a breeze in here, and it actually turns the pages. And you can see in the back of Rufus's journal, there's another design drawn there that wasn't passed down to the rest of the elves. And it's a helmet that has a big radio tower inside of it uh, are on the top of it, but then it's designed to be covered by a Santa hat. So when you would wear it, it's just like looks like you're wearing a tall, pointy Santa hat, but it's actually the radio controlling all of the toys. Very clever. Okay. Where do we find Rufus? Because he's obviously going <gasps> to be the one wearing this hat. He won't trust that with anybody. Well, if he's not here and Based on what I've read in those pages, he's probably up at Santa's Santa's cottage, gloating about his victory. Makes sense. I wouldn't let Santa out of my sight if I were him either. You gotta and, find a way up there. Uh, before you go, uh, Seamus walks over and he opens a little cabinet, and inside you see what look like hockey sticks, but they are candy canes, <laughs> like full human-sized candy canes. Uh, that you can use as hockey sticks. And then he walks over and he's like, 
no, these are a little stale. And he picks up like a chocolate chip cookie and he drops it on the floor and it lands with a heavy thud, like a hockey puck. Just like Grandma used to make. Right. It's like, should we save your friend down there? Uh, I think that's, it's we can't just that's what I was going to say. We got to put these bad boys to the test. Yeah. Okay. If that's what you think we should do, uh, we might be able to fight our way up to the Santa's cottage if we have more help. Maybe right. for the old knuckle puck. <laughs> oh, Steven. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, you... Um, you are going to free these elves down below you. What are you going to do, guys? There are six of these toy soldiers, and there are those two large nutcrackers outside the front doors of the factory. The front doors are closed, so you could possibly find a way to like prevent them from getting in or uh, do combat in such a way that you don't arouse suspicion from the nutcrackers. Huh. Uh, how far above them are we? Like yeah, how, and then, how far is it to the to the ground? You are you're in like one of those classic uh, factory offices, so you're about thirty feet above the um, factory floor. There are catwalks that cross across the factory, hanging pendant lights that you could like hang from if you wanted. Yeah. So, is there anything that we can find that to use as rope or rope itself? Oh, you, you you need rope? And Seamus, he like opens a drawer and he pulls out a garland. <laughs> a Christmas tree. And so, it to you. so this is what I'm thinking for freeing the other elves. We tie this rope to Seamus here and stealthily lower him down and let him start freeing them while we do our thing with the other toy soldiers. Yeah. Uh, Seamus, is there one more candy cane that we could, what kind are do the doors, you know, God, can we just lodge it between the two handles or whatever or something to, so that we could lock the doors? Uh, yeah. Uh, none of the doors in Santa's villages have locks on them. Cause we never thought we would need them. Um, but yeah, we could probably wedge the door closed somehow. I mean, with the candy cane, like, is it like those, you know, the handles that stick out so you grab it and pull it? Uh, yeah, I, I could do that. And he picks up a candy cane and it's like massive compared to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can do it, that's great. Oh. Yeah, thank you. thank you. All right, so I'll start tying the garland around his waist. You tie the garland around his waist and squeeze it so it's nice and tight. And then you creep out onto the catwalk in order to lower him down, presumably? Yes. Okay, so roll a d12 just to make sure he does not plummet to the floor. Um, one. No! Oh, no! So you put Seamus over the edge, and this little elf is so much heavier than you thought he would be. Because that garland just slips right through your hands and and candy cane he's holding in front of himself. Uh, you just hear a little ah! and then the candy cane shatters and 
bits of candy cane fly up into the air and a little piece of candy cane like gets lodged in his cheek as a sharp sharp <laughs> his cheek and the toy soldiers all look around and they see this elf lying face down amidst all the other elves and then they see the garland tied around his waist and their eyes follow the garland up towards the catwalk you have like a second to act before they fire upon you what are you gonna do guys uh, I am going to dive behind a desk while saying the garland was slippery. <laughs> can uh, I? Can can you hold the garland and I'll slide down it? Say, uh, can I try to do like the like air hit thing where like they throw the puck up and hit it in the air with the stick at like yeah. one of those soldiers? Hell yeah! Roll a d12 for me. Uh. A seven. So you bounce one of those really stale chocolate chip cookies up into the air and you smack it with your candy cane and it flies through the air and God, it must be really stale because it decapitates one of these toy soldiers. <laughs> oh, and gee, you, I'm sorry about that. Sparks fly out of its empty neck hole and then it the head bounces across the floor and it smashes into the ground. What were you going to uh-huh. do, Louie? Did Hazel drop the garland, like, so it's not tied onto anything, or is he, like, still holding onto the end of it, and it just slipped through his hands really fast? It slipped through his hands really fast. He still has the end of it. Okay. I'm going to be like, Hazel, don't drop me! And I'm going to uh, repel over the edge, using my hockey stick to, like, zip line down that thing. Okay. (laughs) You both roll a d12 for me. <laughs> um, mm. Oh no. I- I'll give you two guesses as to what I rolled, but you'll only need one. <laughs> okay, I rolled a three. So this was going to fail spectacularly anyway. Oh boy. Yeah, so I also Our rolled a one. Oh. Yes! there's just like a whole mess of what happens right now so the garland flies out of uh, Hazel's hands as as uh, Louie is sliding down it and you get most of the way down and then you feel yourself go weightless as you are no longer being held up and you crash down on top of one of the toy soldiers, crushing it with your weight, I'll say. Yeah! <laughs> the garland's really slippery. <laughs> My hands are sweaty. <laughs> um, I'm realizing the reason we lost our game. The goalie can't hold anything! <laughs> okay, so the toy soldiers are going to act now. Um... So can each of you roll a d12 just to avoid gunfire? I need a dice jail. (laughs) I got a 7. I got a 10. I got yet another 1. Yeah. That dice needs to go away. Noah and Louie both expertly evade this gunfire, but even hiding behind a desk... um, 
this dart shoots out one of the uh, the flintlock pistols, and it smashes through the desk and into Hazel's shoulder, stabbing him in the back. And as he leans forward and like grunts in pain, a little flag unfurls from the dart that says "bang." <laughs> now it is your guys's turn the one underneath me destroyed yes it is okay i'm gonna pick myself up and i'm gonna go oi to get the attention of the next one down and i'm going to uh charge it okay you're gonna check it yes. go ahead and roll a d12 for me it's not even a check at this point i'm just brawling like Gloves are coming off. I'm just running up to get him. Okay. As you run forward, you shake off the gloves and roll up the sleeve. A 10! So this toy soldier is not <laughs> expecting it at all. It goes through the motions of like dropping its gun and shaking out its hands as if it's shaking off its gloves like a hockey player. And then you grab it by its little um, bandolier that's around its torso. You rear back and you punch it and cave in its face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's what we need to get down there, Noah. Yep. What's the quickest way we can do that? I think we do uh, like Louis did and just jump on him. That's not an awful <laughs> idea. I mean it is, but I don't have anything better. You take All the right. left, I take the right. Sounds good. Here All we go. Right. Roll your D12s for me, gentlemen. Seven. That wasn't a one. It's not a one. I got another ten. So you both swan dive off of the catwalk in perfect unison and then like bring an elbow down on top of the soldiers as you land <laughs> upon them and their heads both pop off and pinwheel through the air with sparks flying up in perfect unison. Christmas cheer. Okay. There is one toy soldier left, and I'm going to let Seamus go, but he's worried about those nutcrackers outside. So pulling himself up off the floor, he runs up and he like takes the wrapping paper that he had sling slung around his arm, like a, like a shoulder sling, and he wraps that around the handles of the door to tie it closed. And then, uh, I think Louie is closest to the toy soldier at the far back of the room, so he's going to take a shot at Louie. Can you roll a d12 for me, Louie, to avoid being hit? I got hit. I rolled a one. <laughs> so another dart comes out, and it gets you in the thigh right above your right knee, and it hits, and then a little flag unfurls, and it says kaboom. You want to go? I mean, it hurts, but at least it makes me smile. But now it is a your guys' turn. Oh, yeah. I am... Uh, I'm going to come swinging my stick at this last guy. I got a five. So you come up and you dispatch that final toy soldier. And the room is clear. All the elves stand up and cheer. Hooray! And then a second later, you you hear from outside, merriment detected, Rubble. going going into attack mode. And then you hear, <laughs> and 
a bunch of flaming chestnuts fire through the doors like uh, machine gun bullets, and they pepper the room. I need you all to roll d12s to avoid being hit. Eight. Five. I don't want to say. <laughs> Is that one? Oh, that was another one. So these <laughs> flaming chestnuts fire through the room and they spray and start little fires and they actually smack into both Hazel and Noah, knocking them off oh. of their feet into the ground. And everybody oh, takes cover as these flaming chestnuts are firing. Except for one person at the front of the room, you see Seamus is still standing in front of the door holding like the wrapping paper is in his hand. And then he lets go of the wrapping paper and he turns around and he's holding his chest. As a little plume of blood goes down his green tunic. No! And he falls against the door and he slumps downward. And he says, please save Santa. And then his eyes close. Alright, I'm going to run up to him and I'm going to check his pulse. Seamus is no more. Uh, uh, I'm going to start mouth to mouth. <laughs> Can you roll a d4 for me? A three. Okay, you start mouth to mouth, but you're getting a thready pulse. You're getting him back, but you don't know if it's real. I'm going to look at, I'm going to make direct eye contact with one of the L's, and I'm going to say, get a defibrillator. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, what? We got to shock his heart. Get a defibrillator. Uh, that's not how elves work. How do elves work? We have to save him with Christmas cheer. How do we do that? You you have to say what your favorite part of Christmas is. My favorite part of Christmas was waking up on Christmas morning, and before we'd open presents, we'd all go out to the skating rink, and my dad would make me block 15 goals before we could open our gifts. And it may have taken eight hours for me to do it. It was the best eight hours I had with my dad. And it was pretty much the only time he was sober. And all the elves' eyes turn and they look over at Hazel. <laughs> oh. Christmas was the only time that that I was ever allowed to go target shooting with, with the whole family and they'd bring every gun under the sun and we'd go through so much ammo. That was beautiful. We'd reek of gun smoke for days. And then all the eyes turn and they look at Noah. My favorite part of Christmas is just gathering with all my family up in northern Minnesota. Uh, 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 Going out to, to ice fish on the lake. And the one time that my my little brother fell into the ice, ice and we all had to fetch him out. Actually, now that I think, that's not necessarily a happy moment. But he survived. And it was good. And all the elves kind of look at each other and they're like, hmm, 
And they're like, is that guy Irish? Where is he from? <laughs> uh, and then you start to hear the sound of jingle bells in the distance. And underneath of the door frame, snow starts to swirl and spin up in the air in a little tornado over little Seamus's body. And then the snow goes down into his nostrils, filling his sinuses. And then a second later... <gasps> What happened? Seamus, are you alright? I, I, I think so. I, all I saw was darkness. Oh man, you're a tough little elf. And everybody cheers again. More merriment detected. And Seamus oh. like, stands back up and he's like, Now, elves, let's go kick some ass. And all the elves cheer, and they're picking up like their woodworking tools and their hammers and everything. I think it's time we uh, crack some nutcrackers. And then we hear, doing it, doing it, doing it. As the uh, front doors of the factory open and create a a Christmas version of Crazy Train starts to play. So it's got bells and all that chimes and everything playing as a montage begins and you're all running out and fighting nutcrackers and all these toys fighting your way up the mountain towards Santa's cottage. Uh, Let's go around the horn and you guys each describe something cool that you do do during the course of this montage. Uh, Steven, what does Noah do that is really cool? I'm going to say he found skates somewhere and he's skating uh on the ice or up whatever um and probably just runs over like uh like leaps and like face like clips like uh some of the soldiers um as he's going along there's a beautiful pirouette and these faces get cut in half and the face plate of the toy soldier just drops off and bends like a plate on the ground Scott, what does Hazel do do that's very cool? Uh, Hazel's going to come up behind one of the toy store soldiers and he's going to use his his, uh, candy stick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's going to trip him up like, you know, you would in hockey. And he's going to jump up on his shoulders and leap off of those shoulders and take his hockey candy stick and bash it in the face of one of these nutcrackers. And the hook on the end of the candy cane actually catches, like, underneath the chin. And as you pull the candy cane away, it rips off the head of the toy soldier. Andy, Andy what does Louie do that's very cool? Well, I was going to invent skates, but that was stolen from me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, when the doors throw open and it's my theme song playing... I'm going to be uh, knocking a, knocking one of these cookies back and forth. And I am going to do one of those shots where I knock it at the close sky and it bounces off of him and then hits the other guy and then hits another guy and then comes flying back to me and I catch the cookie in my mouth and I take a bite. It ricochets <laughs> off of all these toy soldiers 
And as it actually hits the last one, it reflexively fires its gun and it fires a dart into one of the uh, other toy soldiers head and a little flag unfurls that says head on it. And you catch the cookie in your mouth and you try to take a bite and it's just so stale. But then an elf runs up holding a, a glass of milk for you to dunk it in to soften it up. I pose heroically and dunk my cookie in. Standing, standing proudly on top of one of the uh, toy soldiers that I have taken out. Perfect. So this montage leads you up halfway up the mountain, and elves start to fall away as they're spreading out to wipe out more of these toy soldiers and whatnot. Basically provide you with protection so you can go save Santa. And eventually you arrive at this cottage that looks like it's made out of gingerbread. And there's little icing running across the eaves, and these big icicles are hanging down. Um, there's a giant wreath on the front door with a sign that says Ho 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 written across it. And there's a big chimney with smoke pluming out of it. And through the window in front of the fireplace, you can see Mr. and Mrs. Claus, jolly old Saint Nick, large and in charge sitting on a couch with his wife, Mrs. Claus, who is also jolly and large and in charge. Um, but they are like staring at someone who you can't see through the window. And uh, Seamus like follows you guys up there and he's like, okay, we'll, we'll cover your backs. You've just got to get that radio control unit away from Rufus. Oh, we can take a hat from a window. He's no shame at Yeah, that's right. I'm a badass. <laughs> All right. Let's do I'll this. I would just kick in the door and guns blazing. Hockey pucks flying. Okay. So you kick in the door, actually shaking this whole gingerbread house, and the icicles come crashing down off of the eaves around you and you come in and you see an elf who is wearing normal like elf garb you know the pointy shoes the tights and the tunic but they're all in black and in gunmetal uh gray uh and he's got a big pointy santa hat which you now know controls the radio control unit but uh, that hat is black as well. And instead of a little cute little bobble at the top of it, it looks like the head of a mace or something like a solid metal sphere with spikes sticking out of it. And he's like, well, 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 is someone else here to ruin Christmas? Or like, save it. Yeah. No, only Rufus can save Christmas. Oh, keep quiet, Edgelord. Only Rufus can make sure everybody's appreciated for this hard work. And he's looking at Santa. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, little boy. My name is Rufus. I've worked for you for 800 years and you don't know my name? You do know his name, right, Santa? Uh, of course, it's Rufus. Like he said just now. 
All right. Well, I'm sensing there's something to be worked out here, but I'm also knowing that keeping all those elves uh, locked up with, you know, at gunpoint, not exactly cool. It's very spirit of Christmas. Well, they just no. need to get on board with the, who the new boss was. You did kill Seamus, so we've got to take you out. Um, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that, okay? Okay? And he, like, narrows his eyes for a second, and underneath of the Christmas tree that Santa has in his front room, there are a group of presents, and three of the presents pop themselves open. And one of them is a big jack-on-the-box on a spring that's boinging up and down. And the jack-on-the-box has this terrifying grin turned up. Teeth like a hockey player, honestly, like coming at, uh, scattered and coming out of random parts of the mouth. Pops out and he's like... <laughs> and out of the second present um, comes... Um, do you guys remember those little toys that looks like a snake and it's made out of links that you can like turn this way and that oh yeah so it's yeah. across the floor one of those comes out but it's like nine feet long and then finally out of the third present comes just a cute little like stuffed raggedy ann type doll it's only like three feet tall it looks adorable i know which one the dangerous one is guys <laughs> great I'm going after Raggedy Ann. Okay. So we are going to go into combat. Um, you guys tell me which one of the three. Uh, Hazel's going to be fighting the dolly. Louie, who are you going up against? I will go up against the snake. Now I was going to Jack in the Box. Okay. So you all leap at each other. Um, I'm going to have you guys go first. So. Scott, if you could describe to me what you're going to do with this, Dolly. Well, what I'd like to do is just get a good hold on her and chuck her in the fireplace. Okay. I want to knock the snake into the fire. <laughs> so can you go ahead and roll a D12 for me? 11. It's, okay. it's like a one, but there's two of them next to each other, and it's better that way. Say so you grab onto Dolly and you're looking into her cute little button eyes as she's writhing around in your hands so aggressively and so much stronger than you thought she would ever freaking be. And she reaches into her little blouse dress that she's wearing and she pulls out a knife that's almost as tall as she is. I knew it. I knew it. It's playtime. And you chuck her into the fire as she says playtime. <laughs> and the, all the yarn and fabric starts to burn off of her, revealing a metal skeleton and like the goddamn Terminator. She uses that knife to pull herself out of the fireplace. <laughs> um, Andy, what are you doing against this snake? Well, I'm going to pretend the head of it is a puck, and I am going to try to hit it so that I can coil it up on itself, and then also knock it into the fire, preferably knocking a little Terminator raggedy back in as well. Okay. Go ahead and roll a d12 for me. I rolled 12. Perfect. 
So you wind up and you smack that snake and it goes and it bounces into the fireplace, like coiling in on itself, the body following the tail. So it collapses inward into the fireplace, sending up this spray of embers, which actually catches on the gingerbread walls and starts to burn them. And the house is now starting to catch on fire. Um, but Dolly is like trying to crawl through the melting plastic of this snake that is still towards you. Um, Steven, what is Noah going to do against this jack in the box? He's going to headbutt it and then pull off his helmet and start smashing it with the helmet. Okay. So Oof. go ahead and roll a d12 for me. A four. <laughs> I rolled a one. So you <laughs> grab that. All right. <laughs> you grab that jester-looking jack in the box right under, right at the collar. You pull it in and you headbutt it once, and you see some of those scattered teeth pop off and fly away. And as you lean back, your helmet comes off, and you smash it again, and it bounces backward and lands back on the box on the spring, <laughs> but it's dazed, moving back and forth. It is now their turn. So Dolly comes crawling out of the fireplace and it's going to lunge at you, Hazel. It is now just basically a skeleton of metal. Can you roll That's a D? Horrifying. Nine. So Dolly comes crawling forward and then it's stabbing the floor so quickly around your feet. And you're just like backing up towards the wall, avoiding a knife hit which eat with each foot movement as it's crawling further and further <laughs> forward, trying to stab your toes until the point you're actually like backed up against the wall. But at that point, uh, Dolly can't move any further for this turn. Um, Louis, the snake, which has now been melted into this deformed figure of melted plastic with all these links that move in different directions so it's now this amorphous blob that can move in all sorts of different directions with a mouth still snapping like a snake it starts to roll forward like some amorphous creature and as it rolls forward the head is going to come down and try to swallow you can you roll a d12 for me eight okay so I also got an eight. So what happens is the Ed actually comes down on you, but before it can snap shut, your hands come out and you're holding the jaws open as its head is over the upper half of your body. There. You're by candy cane, I guess I should say. Yeah. You're like holding it open with a candy cane and you can see classic like in the middle of the candy cane, little splinters are starting to break off as the candy cane is losing structural integrity. And then Steven, the Jack in the box is going to try and grab you. And can you roll a D12 for me? Oh boy. Two. Okay. So what you guys see is Noah is grabbed by the jack-in-the-box, and then both he and the jack-in-the-box disappear into the box. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and Noah, what you see is you are falling through inky blackness, the deep well of space, 
surrounded by very distant stars and galaxies. Oh, boy. And as you're falling through this inky black space, this uh, massive face of a jester is formed in a constellation, and it's gnashing its teeth towards you. Oh. Let's go back to your guys' turn. What are you going to do? <laughs> Hazel's going to try and get the, the fire poker from the, you know, the, beside the fireplace and skewer it through Murder Maggie here and stick it into the gingerbread behind it, you know, so that it's kind of sticking up so that, you know, it's if, if it's this wire frame now, it shouldn't be able to move. Perfect. I love it. Uh, go ahead and roll a d12 for me. You know that thing I've been really good at tonight? <laughs> I rolled a one. So you go to stab this wireframe doll, and it just like turns itself over out of the way. And then its arms twist backward to get itself back up into position to crawl back at you. <laughs> and you're just standing there with a fireplace poker in your hand as this doll is defying any sort of physics of the way it should move as if it had no joints. Um, Louie, what are you going to do against this snake uh, ball that's trying to eat you? I am going to try to swing the snake around and spin it this amorphous blob so that maybe I can spin it and have it hit the hat off this guy. I guess I don't know how far away this guy is. You can't see him right now because you're half swallowed. So you're not sure. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. So he's got actually half my body. I thought I had my arms above me. Um, I'm going to try to hoist the snake thingy off and then like slam its head down into the ground. Like, you know, like let its momentum take it. Cause it's obviously going to be fighting me on that. And then be like, bam and slam it down in the ground really hard. Okay. So can you roll a, a D12 for me? You know how we've all been rolling a lot of those things tonight. <laughs> I also rolled a one. Have you had a, a, one of these specials end in a TPK, Danny? <laughs> no, because there's no health system. We just maybe infinity, though. Um, <laughs> so you attempt to lift the snake, and it's a lot heavier than you were ready for. And your feet actually bust through the gingerbread floor to the point <laughs> your feet are now dangling into the empty space of the basement below you. Like you're up to your knees in the floor, and that means it just pushes the snake even further down on you. So it is now its mouth is touching the floor as well. So there's no part of you exposed except for your legs dangling down in the basement, which no one can see. That's right. Uh, Stephen, Noah is trapped in infinite. Uh, Infinite jest that is this jester's jack in the box. What is he gonna do? Uh, he's just falling like endlessly. Uh, y uh, you stopped floating. You're now 
are stop falling, you are now floating in front of the console. Okay. I think he's just going to chuck his candy cane like javelin style at it. <laughs> okay. I love it. Can you um, roll a d12 for me? A 12! Awesome. So you turn your candy cane around and you huck it like a javelin at the constellation and the mouth of this constellation that looks like the jester's face uh, from the Jack in the Box is opening its mouth to come at you, but it pierces into the mouth and out in the real world, the Jack in the Box pops out of the top of the box as a candy cane is spearing it through the mouth and it goes all the way up and spears the Jack in the Box to the ceiling. And the box falls apart, <laughs> and there lies Noah. Um, I did it, guys. Now it is going to be the bad guy's turn. Um, Hazel, the dolly now comes around to you, and it hugs around your leg, and it's like, but it's it's now playtime. I just need, oh, I'm gonna pee pee. And you start to smell fuel instead oh. of instead of water, like a little <laughs> dolly that pees. It's got gasoline or something in it, and the building's already on fire. Can you roll a d12 to evade being blown up? Ten. So you. You with the dolly attached to your leg, like holding on to your shin, you have to shuffle around the room from the f- from the fire that is now spreading across the wall. And then we come around to the snake, which is holding Louie. First of all, I want to check if the floor holds. What do you want, high or low, Andy? Um, I want it. Okay, is the floor holding better for me or worse for me? If it breaks, you're both going to go into the basement down below, and it will definitely just swallow you. Okay. I want it to hold, and I want highs. You want high. Okay. I want high. Okay. I got a three, so... (laughs) I said lows. You can play it back. Play it back. I said lows. (laughs) Oh, I will. Don't worry. Uh, The gingerbread floor cracks and crumbles. And both a uh, the snake amorphous blob and uh, Louie disappear down into the basement below. And you hit the floor below and your feet touch and push you all the way up into the snake's throat now. So you are fully swallowed. The uh, jack-of-the-box is dead, though. So nothing happens there. Noah, can you just make a d12 for awareness to see if something happens. Seven. Okay. So you see Rufus is now trying to make a run for it. And on your turn, you will be allowed to do something about it. Okay. Um, Let's start with Hazel. Scott, you still have Dolly attached to your leg, and now a trail of fire is following you around the room as her urine is being ignited. Um, uh, I'm going to go near the Christmas tree and I'm going to take some Christmas lights off of it. And I'm once again, going to try and use its wire frame against it and 
you know, loop it around there and yank her off my leg so that she's just suspended in space. Okay. Um, go ahead and make a D12 roll for me. Four. Well, I rolled a two, so you're okay. So you <laughs> take those Christmas lights and you wrap it around her neck and you yank on it so it yanks her up off of your leg and she gets pulled halfway up into the tree. And as she's thrashing around, her head actually crashes into the one of the Christmas lights. An electrical current runs throughout her body. And she starts to shimmy and shake as she's being electrocuted. And sparks start to shoot out of what's left of her eyes. And she says, And then her wireframe just goes limp hanging from the Christmas tree. Classic. Yeah. This is our Christmas special, folks. Um, <laughs> Louie, what are you going to do? You are now fully inside of the snake. But you can move around a little bit if you want to fight it from the inside or something. Or find some oh, other... Oh, I definitely want to fight it from the inside. I want to try to um, break the end of my candy cane really quick into a point. And uh, then I want to try to, and I mean like the rounded portion, I want to like try to sharpen that. And then I want to um, try to slice through with like a power hit type move. Okay. So go ahead and roll a d12 for me. A four. I rolled a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. So you go to break your candy cane that you were holding. And you know how I said you were like prying the jaws open with the candy cane and it was losing structural integrity? Mm-hmm. Structural integrity is now completely lost as you try to break off the end of it because the candy cane just falls to pieces. On your neck, <laughs> at most, you might have like a shiv of candy cane. Great. Um, Noah, um, Rufus is trying to make a break for the door as the gingerbread cottage of Santa is burning down around you. Uh, I'm going to grab my candy cane, the star off the tree, and try to do another like knock shot at the hat. Can you go ahead and roll a d12 for me? Uh, 11. Okay. So as Rufus is running, the snow blurring around him, you're starting to lose him in the distance, and then you just like close one eye and you're pointing at him, kind of Babe Ruth style. And then you flick that star up, you smack it, flies through the air like a ninja star, and it just cuts through the top of the hat. And you see a bunch of sparks fly out as the radio control that is controlling everything dies. And Rufus is actually knocked off of his feet, and he starts to roll all the way down that path down the side of the mountain up to Santa's cottage and he's rolling all the way back down hundreds of feet even around the uh, switchbacks as he's going back down to Santa's village and uh, in the snake that Louis is trapped inside of goes silent and still as they lose all radio control and uh, the sounds of fighting that have spread across Santa's come to quiet. I think uh, it's done, guys. Hazel's going to grab the knife that Murder Maggie 
was using it <laughs> jump down and try and free Louie. Okay. Can you go ahead and roll a d12 for me? If I stab you in the face, Andy, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're going to have stabbing it. That'll be a six. Okay. I also rolled a six, so a good and a bad thing happens. You get him out. <laughs> you get him out. Um, you do cut him. Not in the face. You, like, catch him in the leg. Ah! But as you all climb back out and uh, meet Santa, he's like, oh, Thank you very much. Oh, oh, oh. What a frightful night I've had. And I have to get delivering presents. And isn't your house still on fire? Oh, well, I mean, it's gingerbread. We could always make a new one. It's convenient. Uh, Not so fast, Santa. I feel like there's still some uh, issues that uh, I don't think Rufus was entirely without his merit. His methodology may needed some work, but... What it didn't seem like he didn't me? know his name. I mean, he'd been around for 800 years. Yeah, and, and do you yeah. call somebody that's been around 800 years little boy? I, I, that just doesn't seem professional. <laughs> and, like, Mrs. Claus, like, leans into his ear and starts talking to him, and you see him get a little annoyed, like she's nagging him a little bit, and he's like, okay, what do you propose? Well... What if the elves do some of the deliveries? Uh, they seem, well, one one little elf was able to get your sleigh at least to Finland, and it wasn't built for him. Yes, and now the new sleigh is ruined. We'll have to use the old sleigh where we use reindeer. It doesn't matter whether or not they have short legs. I did wonder about well, the reindeer. Well, also, I mean, I think you should learn their names. They're they're in your employees, and really, aren't you supposed to be more like a big family? Yes, you're right. Santa has made some mistakes, and I will correct them. Because if I can't do it right, then I don't even belong on the nice list. Speaking of the nice All list, right. we were told that rescuing you would get us on there for life. So. And he, like, looks over your shoulder, and you see Seamus, like, standing behind all of you. And they have Rufus with them, like, all banged up from rolling down the hill. And he's, like, wrapped up in wrapping paper, so he can't move. And his mouth is, like, taped shut. And Seamus just gives, like, a thumbs up. And Santa goes, well, if that's what the elf says, that's what's gonna happen. Well, very good. Well, then, I think you're late, then. Yes. You better hurry. We, we better bit get going. And we need to get you boys home. And uh, Are you going to take us back to Canada? I'll take you wherever you like. I don't want to go back to Finland. I really wasn't enjoying it there. I don't know. I'll feel kind of bad about the, <laughs> the limo driver. Yeah. We did oh, leave yeah, him we there. We got to help him, too. You could certainly send some of your triple uh, A elves there. Yes, we'll be dr- uh, delivering a new limo to him. Oh, oh. Now, let's get you boys on board the sleigh and let's get you home. And as you lie, 
get onto the sleigh with all the reindeer pulled on front of him. The classic play that you all know and love. And it pulls off with Santa's village glowing in the light of Christmas lights and the northern lights rising up behind the mountains. That is where we will end this story. I would like to thank Stephen. I would like to thank Andy. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. And I would like to thank Scott. Thank you very much. It was indeed a lot of fun. Excellent. And normally at this point, we do like plugs for Twitter or Facebook, but don't follow these people. They don't want your charity. Um, (laughs) I have no social media presence. Yeah. I don't use it. You can just follow Dice Try at Dice Try Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and all the things. Don't forget to rate and review. And uh, we will see you next time. I hope you all have a lovely, happy holidays, including my guests here today. And we will see you in the new year. Danny Socks. Thank you for listening to Dice Try. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub, and this episode's cast has included Paul Dixon, Earl Kim, and Crystal Llewellyn. This production has been edited by Gabriel Toya Melendez with special music provided by Glenn Davis. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dice Try Podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and review.